Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Welcome back to another episode of Generation Ag. I got the privilege of interviewing Rebecca George on National Ag Day. So happy late National Ag Day to everyone out there. I know everyone's really struggling right now. There is so many unforeseen with the flooding and everything that's going on. So my thoughts and feelings and prayers and everything are with all of those farming families and regional people who are dealing with the floods right now and with all the unforeseen that are happening. Uh, My heart really goes out to you guys and I'm really thinking of you and we are here. So if you need anything or need a platform, please reach out to us at Generation Ag. We are always here to help you. And with that, I'm going to get into today's episode with Rebecca George. She grew up on a farming property in the central west of New South Wales, immersed in agriculture her entire life. She's always felt supported and encouraged in the industry. Throughout her school years, Rebecca participated in local agricultural show, in multiple cattle events, which she chats about in the pod. And now she's just wrapped up her Bachelor of Business and Bachelor of Agriculture at UNE. And she is excited for her future. She's actually back on her farm working part-time as well as working at a vet nurse. She's got a lot going on. And we talk a little bit about succession planning. We talk a little bit about the future and amazing travels she's done and what she hopes for for the future in terms of her career. And I think this is a really great episode for anyone who is looking for a career in agriculture or even talking about succession, Rebecca touches on a lot of this. So I hope you all enjoy. Let's get into the episode. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time on your lovely Friday morning off to have a chat with me. We have been chasing each other for a while now and I'm so glad to finally have a chat with you. First question we always start off with is tell us a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have a chat with you. I guess you could say my childhood would be the same as any typical farm kid. Spent a lot of time outside. There was always plenty to do. You never said the word I'm bored to your parents. I don't know if you would really call it call it chores. It was just the stuff that we did. But, you know, my, my sisters and I always went to collect the eggs and, and feed the chooks. There was always potty lambs, potty calves to look after all the Kelpies to to look after as well. So we always had plenty to do. Never really spent a whole heap of time inside, which was good and and always uh, helping mum and dad out on whatever they were doing out on the farm. I was actually really fortunate growing up that my grandparents on my dad's side, they moved off the farm when mum and dad got married and they were living in Trangy, which is only about 50Ks from, from the farm. So I saw a lot of them, which was something I don't think I appreciated enough growing up, but now as an adult looking back, I know a lot of kids don't get to spend that much time with their grandparents. I was with them a lot. Grandpa would come out almost every day and help out on the farm. Grandma sort of more split her time in retirement between um, community work and then helping out on the farm as well. So I got to spend a, a lot of time with them which was something I was I was really grateful for and, and I ended up having a very close bond with my grandma. 
who only passed away last year. So she ended up really becoming my role model as sort of a rural woman and the stories that she had when when her and grandpa were farming were just so I loved listening to them and I learned so much from her as well. Something that probably um, in our childhood that maybe wasn't as typical for a farm kid, mum was born and bred in Sydney and lived there until she met dad and then moved out to the farm. So we would we'd spend a lot of time going to Sydney to to see my grandparents on that side. So a lot lot of time in the car, um, back and forth. But um, that was always like it's like a little holiday, um, getting to go to Sydney to see Nan and Pop. So it was something a bit a bit different for us to do. They had a pool, which we thought was the coolest thing ever. So <laughs> it was always really exciting to jump in the car and uh, go and see them. But I think it's it's a a beautiful childhood upon reflection. Um, growing up on a farm, you're, you're never bored, um, never stuck inside. There's always plenty to do and, and surrounded by a whole heap of space and animals. I totally can relate to you. I had one set of grandparents in the city as well. So that was always such an interesting segment, having that juxtaposition as a child of that city lifestyle versus that country lifestyle. So I guess for you, what was it about that connection to agriculture that has really stayed so solid and sort of a foundation for you over all these years? Yes, so through primary school, a lot of my peers were also farm kids. Our lives were incredibly similar. The things that we did were very similar on our farms and also, I guess, in a small town, sort of a bit limited with extracurriculars. So we all played the same sports together and did all that sort of stuff. So I guess it felt very normal to be that involved or interested in agriculture at that young age. It was when I went to boarding school in Bathurst where there was sort of then only a handful of people that sort of had that connection or or came from small towns or from farms and had that connection to agriculture. And then out of that small handful, there was only a smaller group that were actually interested and passionate about farming or agriculture. So that's sort of when I guess I recognised my own connection. There was definitely some friends that I had that had come off farms that they they lived on farms and, and had their, their whole life, but it wasn't really what they wanted to do with their life. They, they loved going and being there for school holidays, but they weren't busting to get out and help get the sheep in or do landmarking or calf marking or anything like that. So I guess... High school was the first time I recognised that connection and then as I sort of got more opportunities at at boarding school in in a bigger city like Bathurst, I signed up for the cattle show team on my first day of school and and that was really sort of my my place that I gravitated towards until I finished in year 12. I put a great great deal of passion and energy into into the show team there and, and I had a really really close bond with um, my ag teacher, Libby Dawes. She inspired me a lot and and really helped me all through high school. So when it came time to sort of select those HSE subjects as well, I sort of re- recognised that again. I, I tried not to put too much pressure on myself to select subjects that was for a specific course. I just wanted to pick the things that I liked, I thought I'd be good at and the things that would challenge myself. And I ended up with a group of subjects aside from my English and maths um, that was all science and ag. Then when I had to 
pick courses for uni. The only things I was really interested in were ag courses. I sort of went back and forth quite a lot because there's a lot of different options in ag courses as well. There's the broad spectrum ones and then more specific ones. I had some friends that they wanted to be a primary school teacher and or they wanted to be a vet and that's the course they were studying for and then they got into it and that's the job they're doing now and I was definitely very jealous of them at the time in year 12 when I was looking at uni courses because that's exactly what they wanted to be and that was exactly the job they were going to get when they left uni whereas ag is is so broad and I was like oh I don't know exactly what I want to do but I know it's in this industry so I ended up applying for and um, got into a Bachelor of Rural Science at the University of New England and and I did my first first year in that course and I met met more people that were really passionate about ag from all different places around Australia and some of my friends were doing the ag business courses and I sort of when I'd be in the library or studying and doing assignments I'd find myself peeking over at their work and it's like oh what are you doing there like the the business stuff was sort of peaking my interest a bit and I hadn't done any business units at high school so I was sort of always looking over their shoulder being oh what's going on there and by the end of uh, my first year of uni I, I did the first year of rural science and then I transferred into the double degree of Bachelor of Agriculture and Bachelor of Business which is what I graduated with. I was lucky enough to carry most of my units over into that double degree so there wasn't too much catching up to do but I sort of yeah then at uni had another chance to re-recognize my my connection to agriculture and sort of being a little bit older and a bit more involved in the business at home going okay this this business and economic stuff is actually important and that plays a major role in this industry there's there's a lot more to learn on that side of things that I haven't dived into yet so I'm really glad that I did make that transfer at uni I learned so much on that side of things and I think it's really helped me as well. But it's, yeah, I think growing up on a farm, you sort of have that natural connection to agriculture. And then as, as I was growing up, I had sort of a few chances to revisit and go, oh, is this, is this just what I'm used to or is this what I want to do? And I always came back to it. So I, I guess it's always been in there from the start. I love that. I think that there's such a foundation, obviously, every episode we talk to someone who's grown up on a farm, there's like something about it that you just can't sort of get away from. It sort of takes it with you. Obviously talking a little bit more before we dive into your career now, you have grown up on a very legacy-based farm that's, you know, very generational. What's it like being part of such a generational legacy? And I also want to like turn into that it's obviously you and your sisters who are taking over what what's that succession experience been like especially as you are all women and we're still in a very male-dominated industry yeah I've been very lucky with my parents growing up um there's three girls so so no no uh sons to to come in and and take over and all that. And mum and dad have really taken it in their stride. And I think mum coming from Sydney and and she was, you know, a bit of a bit of a career woman before moving out to the farm, catching the train into the city in her heels and traveling the world. And and she she had quite a lot of life experience and, and world experience before moving out west. And still 
still does have that, has another job. She was working in town before she had me and my sisters and, and she's uh, still still working outside the farm now, always have had that that sense of self there. So I think that has influenced us a lot to be strong, like strong women and and able to sort of hold our own in any situations. And then dad has been incredibly supportive, never made us feel like we couldn't do something just because we were girls and and from a very young age. So I didn't really, I guess being from an all-girl family, I didn't really recognise that that was a thing until I was much older and sort of saw that in in other family dynamics or, or relationships or, or in different parts of the industry. So I think I had a very solid foundation from my childhood that it didn't matter that I was a girl, I could still... I could still do whatever I wanted, whether that was on the farm or off it, which was something I'm very grateful for. The more people that I've, I've met through school, through uni, and now outside work, like working, I've learned that that is uh, more the exception than than the rule. There are definitely a lot of young women out there that haven't had that privilege of being so supported in their journeys through their childhood and and teenage years. So I, I was definitely very lucky to have grown up like that and had a strong sense of self right out of the gates from my teenage years. Our succession planning journey, we're at quite an early stages. And I think it's something that that none of us were really worried about. We're, we're quite a close family and there's nothing that we were too worried about. We all want what's best for each other, but it having a a family business it's such a complex the business side itself is such a complex thing so I don't think I don't think there is a too early to start succession planning I think it's something that should always be worked into a business model it should always be part of the business strategy moving forward um it should be an ongoing conversation I think we've realized that once we've started and our our biggest goal is is definitely we want to get mum and dad the retirement they deserve they've put in some some long hard years they've they've weathered many storms whether that be full of rain or full of dust um, and they've kept the wheels turning and kept a successful business going as we move through it I don't think it's going to be overly difficult but but I don't think any succession planning is is simple it's it's always a very complex thing and yeah, I, I recommend everyone to, to start it early, work it into your business plans um, and always have that conversation as an ongoing one, not just a, a one-time sort of sit down, we'll revisit it in five years. Um, it should definitely be something that's always worked in and that's what we're working on now, which has, yeah, been really good. And I guess the, the generational legacy thing that, that you mentioned, it's something that's really really special to be a part of and again as a child I don't think you you realize those things and and there's many times I look back in the time that I'd spent with my grandfather on the farm I'm like oh god what I wouldn't do to be able to pick his brain now this hit the wealth of knowledge that he had this year I think is 110 years that our farm has been in our family so it's it's a very long time um, to have been been working that land, and you, yeah, definitely have a special connection to it. And you you want to do it justice. Times have definitely changed dramatically in those 110 years, and how we do things are definitely different. And you want to keep bringing it forward. 
as things change and as technology evolves, you want to keep it at its best and keep it sustainable for for those that are going to come next as well. So it's definitely a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, I think that that is so special. You have also been a young farming champion or you are a young farming champion. Tell us about this experience. What's it involve? And yeah, I'd love to learn a little bit more about it. I was first sort of exposed to the Young Farming Champion program through my older sister, Diana. She went through the program when she was at uni as well. She got to do some really cool things and and got a lot out of it. So it was definitely something that was on my radar as I was going into uni and, and leaving high school. So I got the opportunity to apply for it through UNE. And UNE had four of us, I think, that that went through the program sponsored by then. And then I, I, yeah, managed to stay on for for a few more years. And I think the biggest thing about the Young Farming Champions Program is it's like an instant network. You're just thrown into a room with these people that are just so passionate and and want to give their all and be their best for their industry. It's just like an instant group of people that will help you with whatever project you're working on, whatever problem you're trying to solve. I think the network is definitely the biggest thing that I got out of it. There are so many young people out there that are just full of passion, ready to go, want to make a change. And working with those kind of people makes you want to be better. And it's a bit of a rolling ball effect. And it's it's such a a good way to sort of guide younger people in the industry as well, like the the programs and the workshops that we do. With, with all different types of people that specialise in, in different things, like a lot of the communication training and and marketing and stuff. Like there can be, I think, in agriculture a bit of a tendency to want to push back or fight back against any of the negative feedback. And we, we saw that a lot with, with the activism that was with the farm invasions that happened a few years ago and, and stuff like that and, and the, the initial reaction is you want to push back and say, no, like you've, you've got it wrong. We like, we do care. This is what we do. And, and we sort of at the Young Farming Champions Program would learn to like not take that approach. We have to listen, active listening, and then reach out to those people in a way that, that they're going to understand and inform people about our industry um, in a much more approachable way. And it just sort of, it really changes your mindset and how you want to go about things. And I think it makes for a much more successful endeavour to, to reach out to more people, especially those that aren't in the industry. Their involvement with schools is is really good as well in, in primary schools, getting relatable stories in, into primary schools and, and kids are full of questions and, and just having everyday people answer them, I think is really, really good for, for the young kids um, in primary school and gets them thinking, gets them interested in agriculture, especially those schools that may be based in bigger cities and don't have a huge connection to agriculture, like their, their connection to cows might be getting milk at the grocery store. So it brings it back and gets them thinking and in such young formative years as well and kids ask the funniest questions. <laughs> so it's always... Um, always really great to do that. I think it's, I'd really encourage anyone to to look into the Young Farming Champions Program. It's 
something that I've gotten a lot out of. I've definitely gotten a lot of opportunities from it and I've come away with a great network of people that I know will help me with whatever it is I'm trying to achieve. I think that that's so important to really benefit from your networks, particularly when you're getting the opportunity to be a part of these programs. And I think that it's going to see so much benefit for you for the foreseeable future with whatever you do. I want to talk a little bit about working in the family farm and what that looks like because three sisters, that can be a little bit intense sometimes. What's sort of the dynamic within the farming enterprise and what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And um, with the three of us, it can be can be a lot going on and then mum and dad are there as well. So I think though we all have our, our different individual strengths, which is really good. So I'm, I'm the youngest and I did the ag and business degree through UNE and I'm currently working part-time at a vet clinic as well. So I suppose I, I work a lot with the, the business side of things, especially quite closely with mum on those. And then my older sister, Diana, is an agronomist and a merchandise manager for elders. So she was our personal agronomist, well, our business agronomist for, for a while, but um, it was with her, her other stuff at work, it was getting a bit, bit too much. So we, we've um, employed one of her good friends actually who is a, is a private agronomist and she works very closely with him about our crops, our spray racks, fertiliser rates, all those things. She She's quite across all of that and and is always uh, on the phone to dad discussing what we're, we're going to be doing next um, with our crops and, and different approaches that we're going to be taking and they really work on the, the cropping and, and pasture rotation plans for the farm. Um, my older sister, Emma, is a shearer and we don't actually have wool sheep anymore, much to her disgust, but she is a huge help with, with all, all things animals. Yeah, she, she really comes out and gives us a really solid hand with whatever we're doing with it, if it's the cattle or, or the sheep. And yeah, always gives us a hard time about not having merinos anymore. And maybe one day we'll, we'll get back there for that. But we all have our different strengths that we bring to the table. And, um, Diana's uh, partner, Matt, is also very switched on with the the livestock side of things. He was a, a livestock agent with elders for quite a long time. He's now with the LLS as a livestock production advisor. So he's um, he's a huge asset with all of our livestock stuff. So um, I work with him quite closely as well on, on different things. So we all bring something a bit different to the table, which is really good. And sort of the last 18 months is the first time that we've all lived closely to the farm. Diana and Matt were based in Victoria for a long time, so they're they're back in the area now. So we're all able to sort of get out there and, and give it our best shot, which is is really good. We can, yeah, really make some solid plans and and get stuff done. I suppose one of the biggest lessons that I've learned working in a in a family business is there's always more to learn. You're never never going to know it all, I don't think. And I think it's a trap that you can fall into. I've, yeah, b- born and bred out on that place, so can probably get a bit confident and go, oh, yeah, no, I've got this. And and I think every time mum and dad have gone away on holidays and we're like, yeah, go enjoy yourself. We've got this, it's fine. Something happens that none of us have ever seen before and we, like, go through everything trying to fix it and then in the end we go, oh, 
they've got a cool dad <laughs> or, or I'm sitting at the computer with my like hands in my head and I'm like, oh no, I'm going to have to ring mum. <laughs> it's, you, you're never going to stop learning. There's always more to, more to learn. And I, and I think mum and dad would say the exact same thing as well. Like their knowledge is, is just unmatched. The, the things that they know about that place at our ages, we're never going to know. So we're definitely, we need them and we need to learn, lean on them for, for that sort of support. And then I think it goes the other way as well. There's a new accounting software that we might be be trying to use, you know, that, that mum's struggling with and, and she leans on us to help her with that. And then there's new technology that we're using with our cattle and, and dad gets a bit confused with that. So he leans on, on us to, to help him with that. And it definitely goes both ways. And so I, I think probably my my biggest lesson would be keeping your learning fluid. Technology in general is just developing at a rapid rate, but technology in agriculture, there's always something new and, and there's always something in the works as well. So definitely keeping your learning um, and your approaches fluid, I think is very important. And the more we lean in to the new technology, it's, it's going to be to our advantage. It's only going to make our systems more efficient and and get us more data back on our production levels, which is only going to hopefully give us an insight on how to drive up profitability and sustainability. So, yeah, definitely always keep learning. You're never going to know it all. And it's, it's an easy trap to fall into, I think, but that's definitely the biggest takeaway I've had so far. I couldn't agree more when it comes to the technology. Like it's rapidly changing and I think we need multi-generations to be involved to actually implement that stuff. Because, yeah, you're listening, Dad, and you know you FaceTime me once a week for some help on something. And he, I, I don't know what he did before me. I wonder. I do wonder. But like, and I bet you I'm not the only person who has um, someone on their farm that's, you know, of that older generation that they're trying to implement all these technologies, which is so awesome. But, you know, you need young people who have grown up around it and just know how to implement it quickly because it's all about working smarter, not harder. And I think that that's, that's the next generation. For you, what does your future look like when it comes to your career? What do you envision for yourself? Yeah, so I, I did speak a bit earlier about when I was in high school trying to pick my degree and I was like, God, I wish I just knew exactly what I wanted to do. It would make this so much easier. And some days I do still feel like that. I know something that I'm very passionate about is travelling and I've had a few opportunities to travel within the agricultural space. In my gap year when I was 18, I went to Ireland for their summer season and was working for some agri hire contractors there for their harvest and at 18 I I thought I knew everything there was to know about harvest and then I got to Ireland and I was like oh this is this is very different this isn't a wheat crop so that was that sort of opened my eyes to the many different systems that are out there Um, and then when I went to uni and and I ended up choosing my international business major for my double degree I did two study tours with the uni. The first one was in South America. We went to Argentina and Uruguay and that was really, really cool. We got to tour some really awesome places, um, went to some cropping country, went through more of a dairy business, went to their sale yards. Argentina and Brazil are really big beef export competitors for Australia So, and the beef industry is definitely something that I'm 
really interested and passionate about. So I found that super interesting to get onto. Um, we went to an Angus stud, which is I, I really loved seeing some international genetics in the field, have a look at their numbers and get to walk around and have a chat with their people. And then the following year we went to China and Vietnam and that was just a whole other experience that they're just, their level of like intensive production was really crazy. I just love getting out in the world and experiencing international systems, how they do things, what's working for them, what's not working for them, comparing their sort of climate and environment to where we're at and being like, okay, what what can I take away from here that might work for us? Or what are they doing a bit differently that's really working that that might work back back at home? Yeah, it's it's really something that I love and I hope to do a lot more of. I'm hoping to get over to the States soon and have a little trot around there and see what I can learn and who I can talk to and yeah, hopefully um have a play with some cows and and see uh see what else is out there. I, I really do love traveling. So hopefully a lot more of that in my future. Obviously the the family farming business sort of figuring out more of a path to to getting mum and dad a, a solid retirement when when they're ready as well and and what that looks like for them and then of course what it's going to look like for the three of us to to work the farm together it's it's definitely not going to be a big enough place to support three individual households at once so we sort of need to figure out how that's going to work i mean all of us have our own our own careers outside of the farm anyway. So we're probably going to to keep on that path and we just need to to figure out what it's going to look like to keep the farm running. And, and we've definitely got a whole heap of ideas that we want to introduce and and things that we can um we can bring to to sort of drive up our our efficiency or our productivity a bit more. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for the future, but I I've always been the kind of person that's never had a solid plan. Yeah, I've I've always sort of just been a bit of like these these are the things I want to achieve and I'll you know how I go about it, I'll I'll sort of figure it out as I go. And and I think I've definitely leaned into that more since COVID. Um I finished uni. My last exam was at the start of 2020. And then uh, at the end of 2020, I was I was meant to be going to the states, and then that sort of didn't work out. And I was like, oh well, I'll I'll go next year. And then that didn't work out. So now I'm sort of just like, oh, you know, I'll I'll get there when I get there, and we'll we'll make it all happen. So I've yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the future to see what happens. Hopefully, traveling around a lot more, spending a bit more time at home on the farm and and with family. I love that. I think that's really exciting. The amount of travel that you've done and the amount of travel that you want to continue to do to elevate your understanding of the agricultural industry on an international level is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's a real credit to you because I think the biggest value and key takeaways to implement agriculture for the future is to actually get off farm and see things in different parts of the world and different parts of the country. And that really will allow you to elevate what you're doing. So that's really, really exciting. For anyone wanting to learn more or get in touch, where should they go? Probably my Instagram would be the the best place to get a hold of me. My Instagram is at Beck with two C's underscore George. 
that, yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. I do have a Twitter account, but I'm not really on there that often. So, so Instagram is probably the best place to find me. But I'd be, yeah, be happy to answer anyone's questions or have a chat with anyone that's um, keen to keen to have a chat. Beck, it's been an absolute pleasure to interview you today. You are so phenomenal. You're doing really great things and you are a great interview. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I've um, really enjoyed having a chat with you today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.